Hi everybody, Johnny Mays here, and welcome to the uh, podcast today. Good to have you with us uh, on a very, very special day uh, as we come to the end of the uh, work week and beginning into our weekend. And I hope you have a good weekend, a beautiful weekend. In California, we've been... They have predicted some very hot days over the weekend. So we'll just keep our uh, self in the shade uh, under the AC and try to avoid that heat as much as possible. (laughs) Today I'm in the book of John, John chapter 15. Uh, I want to start reading at verse number 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. I love this little tune. You got a friend in me. (laughs) When the road looks rough ahead and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed, you just remember what your old pal said. Boy, you've got a friend in me. Familiar words to you? should be, is from the very popular uh, movie, The Toy Story, a song written by Randy Newman, You've Got a Friend in Me. You know, in that little story, it was kind of, had a a warm and fuzzy feeling, didn't it, about two children's toys, a cowboy named Woody and a spaceman named Buzz, who sort of start out as enemies and then wind up becoming the best friends. But did you know that one of the ironies of our modern world, our modern connected world, I should say, is that people actually have fewer friends than ever. Oh, we have what we call Facebook friends, those thumbs up people, people that we're connected to via social media. But how many real friends do you have? I'm talking about people for whom you'd be willing to go to the ends of the earth and they would be willing to do the same for you. If I'm guessing, you can probably count them on one hand. And you know something? There's a reason for that. It was Jesus himself who said that because of the lawlessness in the last days or the latter days, he said the love of many would grow cold. Matthew chapter 24, verse 12. And the world has become a cold place because of sin. A lot of friendships that exist in the world today aren't really friendships. In fact, sometimes they're just relationships of convenience. I know we don't like to say that, but it really is true. We choose friends based on the benefits that they can give us. But when the mutual benefit is gone, what happens? 
a lot of times the friendship is gone. A song verse comes to mind. When you got money, <laughs> you got lots of friends hanging around your door. But when the money's gone and the spending ends, they don't come around no more. Isn't that true? Because true friends are hard to come by. Because true friendships are hard. It's about more than just common interests or common goals. It's more than just liking the same sports teams and having some of the same pastimes. It's even about more than having common beliefs. Because in the end, friendships are about love. And love is not the same as camaraderie. Jesus says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You know, love means being willing to lay down your life. And that little word, F-O-R, it's so important, isn't it? F-O-R, as in, in the place of as in taking the full blame and punishment in their place, as in offering my life as a sacrifice in order to save theirs. Like Peter, who said he was willing to die for Jesus, yes, we are often more than willing to say, I can do that. It's easy to say I can do that. I can lay down my life for my friends. Yet what usually happens what happened to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Where was his friends there? They sort of had ditched him, didn't they? And how many times have we ditched him too? Ditched his love by failing to love one another as he has loved us. Failing to give up some of our own time and pleasure for someone else's sake. Failing to risk all, even our lives or the friendship itself if it will save our friend who's headed over the cliff headlong into sin. Oh, we'll sing along with Mr. Newman's song, You've Got a Friend in Me. But when a friend really needs us, where are we? Too often we're riding as fast as we can the other way. And don't even talk about how we treat our enemies. It's the selfishness of our sin, sin, that marks us as being unworthy of friendship. In fact, unworthy of friendship with God or anybody else. Yet what does Jesus say? The Lord said, Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends. You are Jesus' friends. We started out as enemies, but Jesus stepped in and took your place before God. He was the one who cared for his friends perfectly in every way always acting in love, always being compassionate, always speaking the truth in love, even with his enemies. He did that for you and he did that for me. He stepped in and took our place. He took the guilt of our sins on himself and laid down his life at the cross. My goodness, friends, think about it. Every last sin is paid for. Every last sin is forgiven. And that's how much Jesus loves you. That's the kind of friendship Jesus has with you. A friendship built on deep, self-sacrificing love. 
And what is it that makes this kind of friendship possible? Usually in a friendship, the love has to be mutual, yet that's not how it works with Jesus, is it? No, the Lord says, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. Why? For all things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. You see, my friend, Jesus is God, and we are people. And if you think about it, friends should be the last term we use to describe our relationship. Gods are not friends with humans. And yet Jesus calls us friends. And when we first learned that God was real and that he had a plan of salvation for us, a plan that involves sending his son to die for us, it was like Jesus was letting us in on a big secret. And by sharing the good news of salvation with us, everything the Father told, had told him, Jesus made us his friends. Jesus didn't become friends with us because somehow we were good enough. You did not choose me, he said, but I chose you. See, the truth is, when you look at this thing up close, we were incapable of choosing Jesus because of our sinful natures. In fact, we probably, <laughs> if I got a guess about it, we were all running the other way. Think about what I'm telling you this morning, church. Think about it. It's only by the pure grace of Christ his pure, undeserved love for we sinful human beings that he chose us to be friends. It's only by his grace that he came into this world and laid down his life for us. And it's only by his grace that he establishes his friendship with us by allowing us to hear about the plans he and his Father have for us. Plans to prosper us, not to harm us. Plans to give us hope and a future that will last forever. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. And it's in that grace, my beloved, that love where Jesus wants us to stay, abide in my love, Jesus says. Love one another. Let his love shine in your lives. Let his love shine forth in your willingness to lay down your life for your friends, to do everything for their good, to love them as Jesus has loved them to love other people as Jesus has loved. That's the kind of Christ love, self-sacrificing. And it's hard. It's a real struggle. Because often the people who are closest to us are the ones who drives us crazy. <laughs> How many mothers know what I'm talking about? Yet even in this, we had the grace of Christ. Your friend Jesus assures all his disciples even you and me, that you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it. See, look at that verse. He hasn't just sent us off to go and bear fruits of love all by ourselves without any help. No, remember, he's the vine. Our friend is also the vine. Jesus himself appoints you to the fruit, the fruits of his love, and then makes them fruits that will last forever. And more than that, in the midst of the struggles, you know what the Lord promises? You know what our friend promises? 
that as his friends, his Father, the Almighty Father, hears and answers our prayers. So when you need help being a friend, all there is to do is ask, and all the help and strength you need will be right there for you. Having already given us his Son, how he will not also graciously give you all things. Romans chapter 8, verse 32. So think about this. Think about the lasting impact that your love has on the lives of those around you. You can't take credit for that. You know why? Because it all happens because of Jesus' own grace and love. I know this world is cold and too often friendless. But my friend, you are not friendless. You are Jesus' friend. You started out as enemies but are now the best of friends, abiding in his love, chosen by his grace, and by this friendship. May his joy be in you, and may your joy be full in him. God bless you today, my friends. And know this day that your friend, Brother Johnny, is thinking about you, praying for you, and hoping the very, very best for your life. That's my prayer, that's my commitment, that's my oath to you. Lord, I just pray today for my friends, these beautiful people whom you've allowed to cross my path. I want you to bless them today and be with them in every way. In Jesus' mighty name. May you share this with your friends today, this word. It'll bless them too. Until next time, God be with you, my friends.